You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore data. Today is the day, finally, we get to review the game. These are always so much fun after a loss. Um, Again, because I believe it was the bigger issue, um, we're going to be looking at the offense. And I'm going to do the same thing that I always do. We are going to uh, just go play-by-play. Play. We'll see how much we can get through. It might just be a half and we can pick up the rest tomorrow. In fact, that's usually what happens. Or whatever. But it takes what it takes. And again, I'm going over the offense instead of the defense. I know there's plenty of people out there kind of breaking down defense or looking at defense or whatever. If somehow we have time and I get an inclination, maybe we'll go that route. But... Um, we are going to have to turn to Minnesota at some point, so we'll see how it goes. But the offense clearly, again, was the biggest issue and uh, has the biggest questions, especially with the quarterback and uh, play-calling debate that's going on. And I want to know what happened. So uh, I'm going to do my best to describe what's happening on every single play and not just the result of the play, but you know the, the blocking and the receivers and all that kind of stuff that's going on. All right, so Packers get the ball. They start on the uh, 25-yard line. Packers come out in 11 personnel. Jaden Reed's going to go in motion, and it's going to be a handoff to Aaron Jones, who's going to pick up four yards on the play. Now, it's kind of strange because, I mean, it seems like Aaron does a pretty solid job, but it's kind of weird because he doesn't follow where he's supposed to go. Now, it, it almost looks like he sets up you know, sometimes you run past the hole to try to pull the linebacker, like it's a super crafty veteran move um, to run past the hole and then jump back into the hole. But he kind of goes a little bit too far, almost as if to say, I don't think that's what he was doing. I think he just ran right past the hole and then saw defenders and then tried to jump cut back into the hole. The secondary issue, and again, this isn't a terrible gain, um, the secondary issue from how I can see it is you've got Elton Jenkins coming across the formation. He's going to help double-team a guy. At this point, whenever you're the guy on the inside that's double-teaming, you need to get up to the next level. 
and help block the linebacker. Um, there's nobody else coming. And uh, he doesn't do that. He just completely bulldozes people. So I, I don't know. I don't know. Either, either Elton Jenkins blocked the wrong guy because Aaron Jones seemed like he wanted to go in a different direction. In fact, I'm almost thinking that's what happened. It's like Elton Jenkins was supposed to pull around the formation and block on the outside, and he couldn't get there, so he just bulldozed the first guy that was in front of him. I don't know. I don't. I, it's it's kind of a cluster. In fact, that's kind of my my new thought on this. Actually, it was just sort of an accidental big hole there, and Elton just. I, I don't even want to say he blocked the wrong guy. It's just he hit the first thing that kind of got in his way. So that was weird, but leave it to Aaron Jones to maximize a bad situation. But all right, this time we've got uh, Jordan Love under center. Again, 11 personnel. we got Christian Watson coming across the formation in motion. Again, we're going to run the ball to Aaron Jones. This time it is a loss of one yard. And this is the play you probably will have seen on social media several times where Elton Jenkins just looks like he doesn't feel like playing football today. In fact, everybody on the left side is just a complete joke. I mean, Josh Myers tries to, like, sprint to get up to the next level, and it's almost like it was there was no resistance and he wasn't expecting it, and so he got out faster than he expected and almost just fell on his face. Either way, he doesn't get to the linebacker in time, which, I mean, that's just standard. I mean, we, we're always trying to get reach up to the linebackers, and we, we successfully do it, like, 1% of the time. And Rashid Walker also failed to get his block. I mean, it didn't ultimately matter because Aaron Jones was dead on arrival, thanks to Elton Jenkins, but he wouldn't have got past uh, the guy Rashid Walker's supposed to block, and he wouldn't have gotten past the linebacker that Josh Myers was supposed to block. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm at a loss for words with Elton Jenkins, man. I just, that was, I don't know what, I, mean, he, I don't know how you can be in such a confined space and not even be able to get a hand on a guy. I mean, it's honestly kind of impressive. <laughs> it's like, yay, we got Aaron Jones back. Ah, oh, never mind, we can't use him. All right, third and seven, we got Jordan Love in the shotgun. Again, we are in 11 personnel. Jaden Reed again in motion. Jordan Love is going to dump it off to A.J. Dillon for five yards. Now, to be fair, because I, I, I think throwing to Luke Musgrave was a much better option. Luke Musgrave is going to leak out from, from blocking and have a lot more green grass underneath him and a lot less defenders in front of him. So just, just so we're clear... Um, Luke Musgrave is off to the right. The closest defender, the, the first down marker, I, I, so to be fair, I don't think anybody necessarily gets a first down, but the first down marker is at the 35-yard line. The nearest defender to Luke Musgrave is at the 37-yard line. When A.J. Dillon catches this ball, and you got to understand, like, the, the other guy, Luke Musgrave, if he runs to the sideline, furthest to the sideline is at the 40-yard line. A.J. Dillon catches the ball at the 30, and there's two defenders right there. So there's defenders already really close. They're also at about the 32, 33-yard line. So it's like an instant tackle as soon as he catches it. So the, the Broncos did a good job of just dropping everybody. In fact, it was one, two, three, four, five, six. They dropped seven guys in coverage. They had about five of them at the, at the sticks. And um, I think they did a pretty good job taking away Jaden Reed. I was kind of wondering if maybe that could have been a throw, but it would have been a tough throw. So again... I think Musgrave is a better option. I don't know if he's able to pick up a first down or not. Dylan never had a chance. But ultimately, we needed seven yards. We got five. Close but no cigar. Packers punt. All right, next series. This time we're going to come out in, uh, actually, I think that's still 11 personnel, but we're really tight to the formation. Jordan Love under center. It looks heavy, but again, we're just in a little bit more tight. Christian Watson goes in motion. We're going to run the ball to Aaron Jones and pick up five yards. 
This time, John Runyon just completely blows. The, I mean, it it was so well blocked everywhere else. It's almost like the Broncos kind of made it easy for us. They were so kind of spread out. Never usually see that. It always feels so compressed when we run the ball. Like you're really trying to just squeeze these guys. Everything's just firing downhill, and it's like the Broncos kind of played back or something. I don't know. Very, very strange to see something so easy. Josh Myers actually gets up and blocks the linebacker. There's nobody there. There's really just one guy that needs to block, and that's John Runyon. And, of course, he doesn't do it. So um, Aaron Jones gets tackled pretty quickly. I mean, it's still a play of five yards, which is a very positive play on first down. But it's annoying because it could have been a much bigger play. Second down, shotgun. 11 personnel again. We're kind of just staying in 11 personnel today. First play is a quick pass to the right to Luke Musgrave for eight yards. Basically a cheat and play. We got Christian Watson just running a complete pick. He looks like he's blocking two guys at the exact same time. Luke Musgrave comes from underneath. Wide open, turns up the field, gets the first down. This time we're coming out in, it looks like, 12 personnel. Christian Watson coming across the formation with Jordan under center. Handoff to A.J. Dillon goes for two yards. This play is its interesting because I, I had to delete a ton of uh, stuff that I had said about this play because I think I'm exactly wrong. I don't know if there's two options on this play or if it just really looks a certain way and they made it something else. On first glance, it looked like, because usually when you got Josh Myers going up to the next level, that's kind of the hole we're trying to create right there. And everything about what they're doing kind of feels that way. And you even have A.J. Dillon going into that hole and then bouncing to the outside. The interesting thing is, though, if you look at it, it feels like it was designed to do that. Because if you look all the way on the left side, I know you can't see it, but the offense is right side. You've got the tight end come in and just completely crash down and push toward where the hole would be, which doesn't seem to make a lot of sense. But then you have Josiah DeGuara coming out and taking out the outside man, kind of creating a hole to the outside. So it's almost like a play that is designed with everybody blocking for this one hole. A.J. Dillon runs to it, bounces to the outside where, you know, there's a secondary blocking that's going on over there. The problem, though, is Zach Tom who apparently had some kind of an elite grade or whatever, but um, if he could have blocked this guy, this could have been a big play, but he can't. So he comes off the... I mean, we, we literally had one guy that needed a block on this because it was just... We wiped, washed every... Well, there's two, I guess. There's also Luke Musgrave needed to block the linebacker, and I think he did a good enough job. DeGuara needed to come and just cut block somebody, which is what he did, essentially. Just took his legs out, which I don't know at what point that's legal or not or whatever, but that's what he did. But uh, yeah, again... It only works if everybody's on board, and it looked like I, I freaking love the play because I was just talking about this whole play is a disaster. It didn't work. Nobody blocked. It was horrible. And then I looked at it. I'm like, wait a minute. Why was DeGuara coming and blocking on the outside, and why did that tight end push in toward where the hole? That doesn't make sense. They had a decoy hole. That's interesting. But again, Zach Tom didn't block, and so it didn't go anywhere. Next play, again, under center, second and eight. Again, we have 12 personnel. Dylan in the backfield. Josiah DeGuara in motion, play action, and they're setting up essentially a screen, it looks like, to Luke Musgrave. The problem is, I guess Luke Musgrave wasn't convincing enough because the guy that he was quote-unquote blocking, he just dropped into coverage. Like, they, he, he was going against the guy, and then, like, as soon as Musgrave disengaged with him, he's just like, nope, and he dropped. So he kind of sniffed that out. But we still have two guys blocking two guys. Like, the guy that came off of Musgrave, somebody picked him up. I can't quite see who that is, but that was pretty good identification, I guess. But, um, well, I guess they, they did block him, but he just had somebody else come up. So I, I don't know. It wasn't, wasn't blocked well enough by some people somehow, and it ended up only being a one-yard gain. I don't know how you have 
two guys blocking and whatever. So screen to Musgrave doesn't go anywhere. So now we're in again a third and long situation. Jordan's in shotgun. We are in one personnel, which is no running backs, one tight end, four wide receivers, although one of the wide receivers in this case is a running back. He just gets split out. At least I think that's Dylan. And he motions back. All right. So we're back in 11 personnel. This looks like it's a primarily designed wheel route. You got um, two guys, Christian Watson and and, uh, uh, Dobbs, trying to create interference as Reed goes from the furthest inside all the way around to his little wheel route. Unfortunately, there really isn't much uh, disturbance. The guy takes a really good angle and just stays on him the whole time. He doesn't even have to, you know, do anything to, whatever. It just, it wasn't, it wasn't run correctly. There is a window. I mean, it's a real tough throw to make. And he does try to throw it, and I think he throws it late. He throws it too far inside, and it's a little bit underthrown. I mean, it, it's just uh, again, it's a tough throw, but it's just it's not good enough. It it was it was late enough for the safety to be able to get there. It was too far to the inside, and the defender was able to break it up. As far as there being other options, I mean, Jordan never even looks to the other options, so you know it's just kind of a predetermined thing, and and I think that's probably correct because he had the throw. You know, I mean, if this is designed and you've got the guy and you can, you know, you look at it and say, hey, if I can pinpoint this thing, then I'm going to throw it. That's fair enough. But you got to throw a better ball than he did. Um, There does seem to be pressure. So maybe they kind of got in his face and flustered him a little bit. Um, There were, there was one other option to Musgrave, although I don't know if he ends up getting the first down, it would have been close. He would have probably caught it a yard short. And then it's just a matter of can he gain another yard and turn it upfield or if he would have just got popped right away. Um, but either way, I mean, it's 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 a tough operation. There's nobody that's just standing wide open, uncovered beyond the sticks. But there was a shot. And uh, again, there, there really wasn't a good enough job getting interference. And the ball was just too too late and too far inside and maybe a little too far down the field. There also was a Rasheed Walker face mask penalty on that, which they declined to make it fourth and seven. Packers go out to say, you know what, we're going to run for this, or we're going to go for it. We're on like the 46-yard line. We're going to make it work. And that's when Josh Myers gets a false start. So then we punt. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the end of the first quarter. So why don't we go ahead and take a break? I will say, as far as execution, this is one of the worst so far that that I've seen. I mean, last week it was very simply, guys are open, Jordan, you got to throw it. This week it's just, dude, this sucks. Like, the the every play is just somebody's doing something wrong. I mean, we had, again, Christian Watson had all the basically blocked two guys to to cheat and get Musgrave open to turn up the field. Aside from that, we haven't had, I don't think, a single good play. Even on the positive plays, like the five-yard run is like that was a completely botched blocking job that, you know, Aaron Jones just found somewhere to go. So it's it's pretty ugly, just sloppy, you know. But we'll take a break and we'll see how the next drive goes. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. 
Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, second quarter. Broncos are now up 6-0. to zero. Packers start again at the 25-yard line. Packers come out under center, 12 personnel. They're going to uh, run the ball. Jones gets about a yard, but there was a penalty offside, so it ends up first and five on the next play. Um, and the play ultimately fails because Josh Myers can't get to the next level. Um, I mean, if there's anything that gets me to believe that the Packers are going to replace Josh Myers, it's the fact that this scheme constantly asks him to get to the next level and he can't do it. And I, I consistently look at it and say, I don't know how many guys could do it, but I know Josh isn't that guy because I, I feel like he's never done it. John Runyon, by the way, does about the best job I've ever seen of uh, run blocking on this play. However, I'm pretty sure he false started. Like He, he got out early, but um, I don't even care. If you're not cheating, you're not trying. So he got out there and blocked the living crap out of this guy, which probably contributed to his first good run blocking grade in, you know, like a half a decade. But uh, Rashid Walker does fail to block. It doesn't ultimately matter because Aaron Jones could outrun him. And uh, Christian Watson has his guy blocked. I mean, this could have been a big play if not for Josh Myers. Uh, again, it doesn't matter because of the false start, but we could have declined it if it was like a 10, 15-yard run. But, um, you know, again, I... I my preference, perhaps, would be to try to find a way to block differently, although I, I don't think you can based on their alignment. I mean, you could run to the other side, I suppose. But, I mean, it's it's almost heads up with the linebacker, right? Let's just, let's just say for illustration's sake, so you know what I'm talking about. Josh Myers and the linebacker, I do think the linebacker is shaded a little bit even further to where the play side is, to where Aaron Jones is going to be running. But let's just pretend that they're eye-to-eye, they're eye-level. When this ball is snapped... The linebacker is going to sprint in the direction of where Aaron Jones is going. Josh Myers has to be able to sprint along with him and catch him. That's not an easy thing to do. I mean, you're asking an offensive lineman who's got to fight through, by the way, and he's throwing a little chip block to help John Runyon out. Maybe he just takes terrible angles, and rather than running at him, he needs to just run at an angle 
which I think probably actually is the issue. Now that I look at it, he does kind of run forward a lot when maybe he should run more laterally um, just to try to cut him off. He just is taking really bad angles. But um, yeah, he just, he can't do it is, is the bottom line. And I know like when the, the Vikings invested in Garrett Bradbury, which is a terrible investment, by the way, um, he's been a pretty bad football player. But the, the thought process is he was a first round pick, super athletic, and this was this is what it's for. This is why teams go toward these more, I mean, not all of them. Um, I think the Kansas City Chief guy that, that everybody likes, I don't, I, I can't imagine as big as he is that he's super agile, but maybe he is. Um, this is why they like the, you know, leaner, more agile. And this is probably why Zach Tom would be a good center, to be completely honest with you. As much as I look at it and go, I don't know, he seems kind of lean to be handling that stuff. He probably is the guy that's going to be able to run and get to these guys. Um, but yeah, I, again, if, if there's anything in my mind that says Josh Myers is going to be replaced, it's the fact that every single run play we are asking Josh Myers, or at least seems like 70% of the time to get to the next level. And to this day, I don't think I've ever seen him execute it. Like, ever. But anyways, again, it's a penalty, so we're going to get first and five. Jordan, by the way, is the second play in a row. Jordan's checking out of the play. We are again in 11 personnel. Jordan is in shotgun. And this is the play I mentioned before when I was talking about some of the throws that I didn't like where Musgrave is on a curl route and he just stands there and Jordan throws it to him so unbelievably late. It's like, why did you even throw that? I don't understand what you're doing. And to make matters worse, I, I think that's Dentavian Wicks. I can't quite see. I think it's Wicks up top. So he is up top to the left of Musgrave and he's got a little bit of... And this is what we've been killing people on all day is these quick out routes, right? And we're running at the top and we're running at the bottom. And... and Musgrave, I don't even know if that's an out route or if that's just, if that's a bad out route being run by Christian Watson or if that's a different name for that route. I don't know. I don't think he's running an out route, but Wicks is. So we got a curl, which I don't even think the design is to go to the curl route. I think that's to pull people away so that there's space underneath for Wicks. I don't know, but that's my assumption. I think he's more or less like a decoy. He's not supposed to get the ball. And to make matters worse, Wicks is there. There's space. He's open. You throw to him coming out of his break, he's open, and he's across the sticks. That's a first down. Um, on top of that, you probably could have thrown to um, Christian Watson. I don't know that that's as easy of a throw. Um, in fact, he's kind of just looking back the other way like it was designed to go the other way the whole time, although he could have just been looking at the quarterback. I don't know. But, um, again, these are the plays. These are the ones I'm talking about. And this one wasn't quite as blatant as some of the other ones, but this, this is, these are NFL throws. This is, you know, it looks as though the design is to go to Wicks. And I, I'm going to keep saying Wicks because I think it is, but I don't 100% know. But if I'm not mistaken, this play is designed to go to him. Wicks, that is. Wicks comes out of his break. There's enough separation to believe he can do it. He's probably the best, at this point, seemingly the best route runner on your entire team. Beautiful, sharp cut. He's got space. I mean, if you hit him coming out of his break, it's a first time. He's already across the sticks. These are the kind of easy things that we saw Jordan Love doing before. And even even two weeks ago against the Raiders, it was like the only thing that did work. Guy comes out of his break, boom, beautiful ball. But for whatever reason, it's like he locked into Luke Musgrave, who had two defenders just standing there behind him. Jordan throws it to him, doesn't even really look to anybody else. And of course, it gets batted down because I'm sure the defenders are just like, are you freaking serious? So that's going to bring up a second and five. We're going to run Aaron Jones, and it's going to be a gain of three yards. We're again in 12 personnel. We had Tucker Craft split out wide. He comes back into motion to get to the right side of Zach Tom. At the snap, Musgrave in motion, coming across the formation. 
completely whiffs on his block, but it doesn't matter because the guy isn't fast enough to catch Aaron Jones, which is another great thing about Aaron Jones. A.J. Dillon is is just noticeably slower, right? I mean, I, I've brought up no, numerous times how his 40 time is actually faster than Aaron Jones, but the quickness of Aaron Jones is so evident. I mean, he's just, he's just through the hole so fast that guys coming off the edge unblocked can't touch him, right? Dillon probably gets hit behind the line of scrimmage. Jones is gone. So Musgrave just completely whiffs. He maybe gets in his way for like a half a second to slow him down a little bit, but Jones is already gone. He, he identifies where he needs to go and he's out of there. And Jones steals about as many yards as he's going to get. I mean, we've, we've got a situation where you've got sort of a typical run, which is the guy on the left blocks mano y mano. On the right, you have a double team. And the expectation on a double team is the guy to the inside releases off that and gets up to the next level. He never releases. So essentially, he just plows into the linebackers as hard as he possibly can and tries to steal yards. And maybe that's that's the expectation here. I don't know. But that's what he did. So we, we got three yards on a second and five, bringing up third and two. Now we got 11 personnel, Christian Watson coming across the formation. And this is where, and, and again, people are going to say that this is me being biased because I'm fanboying because I have a bias or whatever. But l- let's just think this through for a second. What did I say the Packers have been killing people on all day? When they want to convert a first down, I mean, not just today. They did it once today. Or actually, they didn't do Oh, I guess kind of to to Musgrave. But they should have just done it on the last play. It's a quick out route. Against the Raiders, I swear we did it seven times. It was the only pass that worked. It was a quick out route. So what are we running here? Christian Watson's going to run a quick out route, and the defender is going to crash down on it. Here's the thing, though. He's running a... I don't know, whatever you want to call it, pivot, whip. He's going to turn around 180 degrees and come back to the middle of the field. And to make things better, we have Musgrave also running an out route. Why is that a good thing? Because when the defender tries to turn around and go with Christian Watson, he's got a lot of interference there. Now, I don't think that this was necessarily perfectly run or the way that it was designed. The timing didn't seem great because there wouldn't have been interference there anyways. But it doesn't matter because Christian Watson came out of his break. The defender about snapped his ankles trying to keep up he was open just long enough for christian watson to throw it and we caught a first down right so what is the point of the offense to make everything look the same what have we been doing out route what do we do run run an out route the defender's ready for it except this time it's a double move he's going to go out route whip back into the inside defender's not expecting it he slips first down now, in addition to that, Jaden Reed, also open, a little bit further down the field. Luke Musgrave, who's running interference, he turned up the field. You might have had a shot to him. If you wanted to throw deep down the field, 50-50 ball to um, Romeo Dobbs, I wouldn't advise it, but he was not only shoulder to shoulder, but had a step on a guy deep down the field at almost the 50-yard line. Underneath, you had an underneath throw to A.J. Dillon. He's behind the sticks, but he possibly could have turned up and got a first down. I don't know that there's a single bad option here. But he threw it to Christian Watson, and he got a first down. Looks like where Christian really wanted, or where Jordan really wanted to go, was to dump it off to uh, Dylan right off the bat. Fortunately, he didn't do that because the defender did start coming downhill at him. He did get the ball out a little bit late as he's stepping up into the pocket. Looked like he was going to run, throws it to Watson, whatever. Ends up a first down. I think it was a little harder than it needed to be, but it worked. Next play, we're under center, twelve personnel. We got Christian Watson coming across the formation. And then speeds back across, so you get sort of that double motion. And this is where I think we're trying to uh, trying to get creative with the play calling. We're seeing a lot of this kind of throw across the field stuff lately in the NFL. But it's a play action, roll out to his right, turn around and flip it back to Christian Watson, with the idea being the defense will follow over in that direction, and um, Watson should be standing by himself with a bunch of blockers. And to be fair, it's kind of hard to see from this angle. We're kind of far away. We'll check in a second. We've got one, two, three, four four-ish blockers on three defenders should be pretty good 
Um, but Christian Watson catches it and goes down for a loss of one yard. So we'll see from the other angle exactly how that got so horribly botched. I swear, they it's like they didn't know what the play was. I'm so confused. And bro, if we had actually run this ball, this might have been a freaking touch. I've never seen this big of a hole in my entire life. And the offensive linemen are literally run blocking. I th This is... There is some serious confusion here. Because and unless the offensive lineman's job is to sell the run blocking so hard that the defense is just completely confused, John Runyon comes off his block, right? And there is a, I mean, a literal Mack truck you could drive through here. John Runyon sees a guy and blocks him to the sideline, just obliterates him, tries to pancake him, right? Pushes him toward where the pass is going to go. Just knocks him clear into oblivion. Everybody's blocking to the sideline. Like, the guys on the left are pushing in that direction. I, I, I genuinely don't think they knew that this wasn't a running play. There was no attempt whatsoever to even get in position to block downfield. After, after Runyon popped that guy, he just stood there. A.J. Dillon ran past him and he just stood there. Like, my job's done. Not like, hey, this is just getting started. I need to get down and hustle over there and go block. I have no idea what in the world the expectation was on that. There had to have been some kind of a miscommunication, because I swear these linemen had no idea that was a pass to that side. ay ay ay. So here's what I'll say of my assessment so far. The offensive line, although from a pass-blocking standpoint, it's been okay. I mean, I've never seen a time where Jordan couldn't complete a pass. There have been some, like, pressures that maybe caused some complications. The run-blocking, though, is a joke. I mean, like, worse than... You know, it's, it's, it's pretty standard for the Packers' offensive line to not be great at it. But this is just like they, don't, they have no idea what they're doing. It's kind of embarrassing to even watch. The receivers seem fine. Running backs are doing about as good as you could expect, given the situation. Jordan is doing okay. I mean, he's, he's doing okay in, in executing very basic things. Anything complex is like, eh, right? He, he missed a very obvious first down, but it's fine because he made up for it and got it the next time. The route to, I think it was Jaden Reed... It's a tough throw, not a very accurate throw. The play calling, I have zero issues with. However, however, the preparation, which is also Matt LaFleur's job, is abysmal. And I don't mean his personal preparation in terms of the Denver Broncos. I think he does a good job with that. Having this team ready to execute is a freaking joke. It's a joke. And I don't know if it's the guys that he hired to be in charge of getting them ready, whether that's the offensive line coach or what. I mean, again, it's, it's hard to blame an offensive line coach without actually knowing, but all I can tell you definitively is these guys have no effing clue what, what is going on. They don't know how to do their job. The team just looks sloppy, like they don't know what they're doing. They're freaking, like every play, it's so exhausting, dude. It's so exhausting just watching this. Like why? And, and listen, it's like, well, they're young. I don't have a problem with Jaden Reed. I have a problem with John Runyon. He ain't a rookie. Elton Jenkins is not a rookie. Josh Myers is not a rookie. They're young. Everybody on this entire offense is relatively young, aside from Aaron Jones. But there's a problem when I'm impressed with Ben Sims and annoyed with Elton Jenkins. It's one thing if you look at a guy and you know and just say, you know, I just don't know if he has the talent. You can say Josh Myers. Like I, th I think he's he's a good like mono mono pass blocker. 
But if you're going to continually ask him to try to get up to the next level and block linebackers, he's not that guy. And so he may need to be replaced, or you're going to have to stop asking him to do that. Find another way to do the, do, do this job because he's not that guy. And to be honest, I don't think you have anybody on the interior that can do it. Maybe Elton Jenkins. I mean, I've seen him do it. Maybe not this year, but back in his prime, I have seen him do it. You know, last year, he did it. You know, if Rashid just loses, it's like, you know, Rashid's just not the guy. It's just one of those things. I can deal with that because you replace it. What I can't deal with is a team that's just, I, I don't trust that they're going to be prepared because then we get in a situation similar to what we have with Joe Barry, where it's like, it's not a talent issue. I mean, we can load more talent and we'll be marginally better, but a group of talented guys that don't know what they're doing and are making mistakes and running the wrong way and blocking the wrong direction are going to be just as bad. I mean, it, it's, I think the most exhausting thing is looking at a play and just going, I don't really know what was supposed to happen there. Usually it's fairly intuitive. And I understand trying to sell the run, which again, we really should have just handed it off there. And obviously things change if you give him the ball. But I'm telling you, by the time that A.J. Dillon was parallel with Jordan Love, there was a massive hole there. Which also tells me, by the way, that the defense at no point even thought we were going to run the ball. I could be wrong about that, but it seems like they completely sold out on what we were doing, which is also not great. And, and I will say, one thing that has never worked this year is the end arounds, you know, jet sweeps, whatever, and a lot of these wide receiver screens, which used to be our bread and butter. I am wondering if defenses are able to do some level of film study and identify exactly when those are going to happen, because it is really, really odd to me that I think we, we have like negative one yard on every single one of those times we've tried to run that. Just seems unlikely. I understand the blocking is bad, but you know, I'm just saying. Anyways, it is now second and 12. Start off in 20 formation with uh, Dylan and DeGuara in the backfield, and then they get split out, and we end up with an empty set, five wide. Jordan, Liam, Jordan immediately throws a quick strike to Samori Ture, who ran a curl route and picked up three yards on it. It's hard to know what would have happened because he kind of bailed on the play immediately. Um, I mean, he's got a perfectly clean pocket, and he just rockets it. And I, to some degree, understand, like, if you've got something, take it. But on second and 12, to not even wait and see, what's going to happen and just say, I'll take the three yards and put me in third and nine. It's a little bit of a strange decision. And again, this is one of those things that people are going to look at it and say, why would Matt LaFleur do that? And it's like, well, Matt LaFleur has four other guys running routes and they haven't even gotten to the top of their route yet. And the ball is out because Jordan just decided, I'll just take the three yards on second and 12. Now, was anybody going to be open? Well, um, it's hard to say because again, at this point, the ball's out. So defenders do different stuff. DeGuara, I don't think, was getting open. He's trying to run a uh, little dig route or whatever, but he's, he's, he's manned up with a corner, so that's never going to work. I think the one that has a shot, though, is Dontavian Wicks. You've got kind of a weird thing here with, I don't know if that's Musgrave or Sims. I'm guessing that's Musgrave. They're kind of running very similar routes. They're right next to each other. They're both going to run um, sort of these deep kind of dig routes. So they're in they're both kind of in the slot. They're going to run up about 10 yards or 12 yards, I guess, or right right around to the sticks. Let me see. Yeah, but Musgrave ends up running more of like a post. It's kind of angled and I think the intention of this, if I'm not mistaken, is to get Musgrave to push the safety back to clear out some room. So you've got a guy standing in zone. So uh, Wicks is going to come around that guy. And this is one of those things too where it's like as soon as he comes around the corner, that's when you want the ball to be out. So he's going to come out flat. And this guy's in zone, so he's not going to follow him. So he's going to come across, and there's a lot of green grass out this direction. And again, Musgrave is going to go high. The safety has to go back with him. So nobody really is going to be able to cover Wicks. So I think, you know, and I, I can't promise that the pocket would have held up that entire time. I have no idea. We'll never know because the ball came out in 
you know, 1.1 seconds. But the play design, as best as I can tell, would have been to Wicks. And assuming, you know, again, it's hard to tell because things change as soon as the ball comes out. But just based on what the defense was doing, based on the players that were on the field, and the fact that this guy, again, is a linebacker dropping into the deep middle of the field covering that zone, Wicks is coming across behind him. The defender can't even see him, so it's not like he's going to start running. And even if he can, he's not going to be able to keep up with him, and he's about five yards behind him anyways. The safety isn't going to be able to necessarily come down on him because Musgrave is pushing him up the field. And then there's another guy, I don't know if it's a corner or another deep safety, who's further away. He's trailing by about five, six yards. I mean, this to me, the design of it, this is a first down to Wicks. And again, I can't promise you the offensive line holds up long enough, but if, if, if it does, and if Jordan waits this out, this is a good design to get a guy open beyond the sticks. So again, even if you say, yeah, but the pocket would have collapsed, if you're specifically asking me about scheme and design, there's nothing wrong with it. If you're telling me that the scheme wouldn't work because there's not enough execution, my, my whole point is exactly right. Jordan can't throw it. The offensive line can't block it. The receivers can't catch it. That has nothing to do with scheme. That has to do with execution. If you're telling me that it's second and 12 and you're able to get a guy open like a yard beyond the sticks, that's incredible. You're telling me you can convert a second and 12 just like that called the exact right play but again you have what jordan love says i'm not even going to wait to see if anybody gets open i'm just going to hit this guy as soon as he comes out of his break and take three yards on second and 12 and everybody says matt lafleur is a freaking idiot matt lafleur is a piece of crap why would you throw this little dinky pass two yards down the field when you need 12 yards and set up a third and nine that's stupid and you know what instead of that first down it goes to third and nine and then it turns into a third and four and then it turns into a fourth and four and we punt and you know what it didn't have to happen if you could have waited and thrown the first down we wouldn't have had to worry about it do you see what i'm saying this is where i get annoyed with the whole matt lafleur is an idiot why would you do that there's no creativity to this offense it's so stupid everything's so short that wasn't the design of the play jordan just bailed he panicked and he said you know what i don't want to sit here and wait he's open i'm throwing it not recognizing it's second and 12 and three yards is not doing us any favors. Anyways, it's now third and nine. We're going to catch a break here. Not that it's going to matter, but we're going to catch a break. Penalty on Baron Browning, neutral zone infraction, five-yard penalty. Again, there, there were like two or three different times where I'm like, come on, man, please just let it go. Let's get the free play. And they just took it away every single time. I'm, I'm guessing it has to do with the defender just coming free. I think if you like catch him and then they jump back, they'll give it to you which I think the, the lesson then for defenders is if you jump, just go get the quarterback. But whatever. Penalty on Baron Browning. So then we end up with a third and four. It's kind of unfortunate because it looks like they were going to take a shot to Dobbs there. Would have been nice to see if they could have connected on it, but they blew the play dead. So whatever. Packers come out in 10 personnel. You got trips to the right, bunch formation. Jordan's in shotgun. And this is the play where you just have confusion. Jordan whips it out to Christian Watson and there are it looks like he's expecting Christian to want run just a straight out route. I think Christian was maybe trying to do the double move thing again. I'll take a second look, but it just you had two receivers standing next to each other, and neither of them was where the ball was. Yeah, I mean, it, it looks very similar to the same play design because, again, you got this weird thing where two guys are running an out route, which doesn't make any sense. Why would you do that? And it looks like Christian was going to double back inside, and that's when he saw the ball whip across his face. So it's like the same play design as the last one, and it probably would have worked. So, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I, I mean, maybe it's on the receivers. I have no idea. But this looks identical to the last play. It, it obviously doesn't make sense to have two guys running an out route, basically holding hands right next to each other, unless, again, you're going to double back to the inside. But Jordan throws it to the outside. 
But if that's the case, then you have two guys, Jaden Reed and Christian Watson, both running one route that they think it is and it's not. I don't know. I don't know who did the wrong thing. Somebody messed up here. I'm sure there were plenty of opportunities to hit that. I mean, they could have done whatever. They could have done the little whip route or zip route or whatever you want to call it, zag route. I have no idea what it is when you break to the outside and then the inside. Or you could have just run the out route. If Christian would have just kept going, it would have been a conversion also, but then I have no idea what Jaden Reed is doing. So it looks like Christian and Jaden thought it was one thing. Jordan thought it was the other thing. And again, it's just sloppy. It's just just sloppy. That should have been a first down. There's two times, two opportunities where we should have had a first time. First down. One, I believe, is Jordan's fault, and one was probably the wide receiver's fault, but I have no idea. I really don't know who botched that. And you do have Jordan Love throwing his hands up after that play, like, what are you doing? So we have to punt instead of getting a very easy conversion, which there were plenty of opportunities. And again, you know, and we'll see, the game's not over, but this is very similar to what I saw against the Raiders game. It's It's not as though everything is perfect. You know, it's not as though everything is easy. But are you in a position where you have the opportunity to convert first downs? And the answer is yes. We had two opportunities, and it was just garbage execution. You say, well... You know, you got to put your guys in a position to play. The problem is they can't execute anything. There's no magical, mystical playbook that you just run when you have bad players that make some great players. That's not a thing. I mean, you know, I think that play is youth and inexperience. And again, I can get over that. I can look at that and say, okay, that sucks. But we expected that coming into the season. My issue is when we consistently see that. It was like Rodgers used to always say when he was here, making mistakes is fine, just don't do it twice. Well, we saw that same thing in the Raiders game where the ball goes sailing and there's two guys standing next to each other. We just saw it again this week. So it's not getting fixed. And again, the offensive line is a separate issue where they're getting worse and they're not rookies. So yes, there's youth and I can get over that. I can get over like simple routes that guys are just not quite running the right routes. It's not great, but you deal with it because you're super young and that's how it goes. But you expect it to stop. You expect guys to figure it out. Again, what I, what I just don't like is seeing people not meet their potential. And that just feels like the Packers in a nutshell. And that is the biggest concern I have for this team and from a coaching standpoint. I never really feel like the Packers are going to meet their potential, even when Aaron Rodgers was here. You know, we saw this team playing real well sometimes, but do you, did you trust them when it mattered? Did you trust them against that Detroit team? After You know, everything's going great. You're playing great. Everything's fine. Complete and utter failure. You get into the playoffs, complete and utter failure. And I understand that happens all the time. The Buffalo Bills look that way. The 49ers are that way. A lot of great teams that collapse. The Cincinnati Bengals haven't won it. It's hard to win. But there's just sort of this general feeling of, of and I, I've, I've been saying this for a while, especially even in 2020, like you, this is the best football team. It's like it's not even close. We have by far the best quarterback in football. We have one of the best offensive lines in football. We have the best wide receiver in football. We have the best left tackle in football. We have the best corner in football, the best linebacker in football. Like, we have the best of the best of the best. And they they don't just lose, they implode. And, you know, I mean, this this went on back with McCarthy, too, so this seems like a systemic issue, but where, where what's the root cause? There's nobody left. McCarthy's gone. Rodgers is gone. Everybody's gone. Can't even blame Bakhtiari. He's not even playing anymore. There's nobody left. What is the freaking problem? And I understand, like, stuff had, like, the 49ers freaking just collapsed against 0-2. This was the biggest powerhouse team I think I've ever seen, and now they're 0-2 against the Browns and the freaking Vikings. These things happen. But again, I, I, I mean, we're going to continue going through it, but I, I think my position essentially stands. I don't know if Matt LaFleur is a good enough coach. I believe he's a good enough play caller. I have no issues with the play calling. I've never seen an issue with the play calling. Occasionally, guys aren't open. It freaking happens. You expect the defense to win once in a while. I mean, good Lord, if Joe Barry leaves somebody open once, we have a conniption fit about it. And if, it, if 
you know, if our offense doesn't have anybody open on a play, Matt LaFleur needs to be fired. I mean, we need to have some sort of sense of perspective here. Sometimes the offense wins, sometimes the defense wins. But I've just never looked at this and just said, there's nothing here. You know, again, back in the McCarthy days, it's like everybody's just covered all the time. There's nowhere to go. That's not the case here. Guys are open. The scheme works. But I just, I just want to know. I mean, and here's the other thing. It's like, well, guys are really young. Okay, but you need a crew that can develop them into their full potential. Does, it does, is there a single Packer fan that has confidence that that's going to happen? No, because again, I don't think any of us have ever seen anybody really develop. I mean, Rashawn did develop somewhat. But you also look at that and just go, I mean, that guy was going to be a beast at the end of the day anyways. I mean, I guess we can give the coaches credit. And most of that is, what, Mike Smith, who's gone now. That guy is an edge-rushing whisperer, and I would love to have him back, get his hands on Lucas Van Ness, pay that man whatever he wants. I love Mike Smith. I think it's Mike, isn't it? Something Smith. I don't know. I just, I, I mean, again, I look at Christian Watson and I go, man, there's so much talent. But it's, you know, he's running wrong routes and like, you know, you throw it to him behind the line of scrimmage. I mean, granted, we can't get anything going down the field anyways because, I mean, Jordan can't get it to him. So who knows what that could possibly be if we had a different quarterback. But, I mean, we, we just, I don't know. I mean, we know what Musgrave can be. Does anybody think he's going to be at his full potential? I'm not talking about is he going to be schemed open. Sure, they'll, they'll find some kind of a rub route and get him open in the flat and he can turn up the field and pick up eight yards. But I'm talking about are we going to see that 45-yard bomb down the field? Are we going to see him just meeting that full, like I just... I don't know. I don't know if he's ever going to hit that full potential. Maybe I'm being unfair. You know, I mean, you, you can maybe credit Zach Tom and even John Runyon and those guys and, and say, hey, these are late round picks that are now starting and the coaching staff deserves credit for getting them where they are. All right, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's hard to tell when they come in day one playing like that and they just stay that way. Maybe the coaching staff is so good they get full potential day one. It seems to me, though, they come in, they seem solid, and then they just stay where they are and they don't get better than that. That's my issue. That or they regress like Elton Jenkins, like uh, Royce Newman, like, uh, you know, Kenny Clark, Jordan Love, apparently, who developed and then immediately started to fall apart. I mean, that's a problem. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable saying the scheme is not the problem. Jordan Love's the problem. But it's a problem that Jordan Love's the problem because he wasn't the problem earlier in the season. Why is he now the problem? And maybe that's just Jordan's problem. I don't know, but it's just... <sighs> I don't know. I, 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 don't, I, I really feel like if there was a way, and there isn't, but if there was a way for Matt LaFleur to just be the play caller, people are like, we should take the play calling away. No, that's the only thing the guy does well. Shut up. <laughs> Drive me nuts. If we could just make him the play caller and let somebody else be the head coach, maybe that would work. But again, that's never going to happen. Matt LaFleur is not going to take a demotion. He will happily, he will instantly get a job somewhere else as a head coach if we try to move him off that spot. And maybe, you know, maybe this is such a prevalent offensive scheme. You know, there's, there's 10 guys out there that can run a similar scheme and call plays and get guys open just as well. I don't know, but I don't want to lose this just because these guys aren't executing. But again, I'm still concerned with Brian Gutekunst going out and filling the team with players that are still not going to be able to execute because they don't know what they're doing because this coaching staff can't get anybody prepared and ready to play. That's my concern. So I'm on the same page with most of most people, but I just feel like we're, we're completely missing each other on the reason why. At the end of the day, and this is why I'm rooting for individuals, I need to see playmakers make play. If, if Jordan doesn't want to play, I don't give a crap. If he's going to keep playing like this, then we'll just replace him. I don't, it is what it is. But I want to see Elton Jenkins get back to being Elton Jenkins. If Rasheed Walker can't do it, I don't care. We need to replace him anyways. I want to see Josh Myers be at least Josh Myers, be a mediocre run defender. Give me a 60 run defense grade and a, at least a 75 pass blocking grade. 
be Josh Myers. I want to see John Runyon be John Runyon. You can't have these garbage pass-blocking games like you had here. That's not acceptable. That's not John Runyon. I want John Runyon back. At least get the best out of the guys that you do have. You don't have a quarterback. You don't have a left tackle. You know, you don't have a, a full stable of running backs. You got a mediocre Dylan and a banged up Aaron Jones. Fine. Get the best out of Dylan. Let me just see the peak Dylan again. The plays are fine. No issue with it. But your guys are not doing their job. And that's still on you. This is what I've been saying about Joe Barry, too. It's just, well, they're not executing. Why? Is it the staff you brought over here? Or kept here? I mean, your job's on the line. If you need a new coach to teach these guys to get them ready, then get these guys out of here and get somebody else in that can teach them what to do. But that's that's my thing from now on. I just want to see the best from everybody. And if that leads to a bad team, which it probably still will, I mean, if we see Josh Myers and Elton Jenkins and, and whatever, and everybody's just kind of doing that, it's still going to be a bad football team, unless Jordan Love becomes a good quarterback, because again, that's just as good as it's going to get. But that'll at least make me satisfied. At that point, Matt LaFleur, I got your back. But until then, I can't, as I'm terrified to let you go and I don't want to, but you got to be able to demonstrate. And if nothing else, at the end of this season, I need to see some sort, we all need to see some form of an iron fist. I'm talking instant firings and hirings, because if, if guys are not getting up to speed, it's either your fault or it's somebody else's fault, but something's got to get fixed. Because if you allow these people to stay whose job it is to get them ready and prepared to understand what it is your scheme says it is, which is their job, right? You have a quarterback coach. His job is to make sure the quarterbacks understand how to operate within your scheme. You have an offensive line coach. Same thing. Tight ends coach. Same thing. They're the ones that need to make sure that they understand everything that's going on. They're not understanding. They're not doing it right. If you allow these coaches to stay, you're saying that what they're doing is acceptable. Anyways, getting a little ranty. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. All right, final drive of the half. Packers come out in 12 personnel. We've got two tight ends to the left, two wide receivers to the right. Christian Watson's going to motion from the left side to the right side. Watson dumps it off to Emmanuel Wilson, who's going to turn it up for four yards. Now, again, the assumption is going to be, oh, here we go with this little dink and dunk crap. We've got four other guys running routes. Now, again, you can't always tell because defenders change things once the ball comes out. And again, Jordan really was just instantly looking at Emmanuel Wilson was going to dump it off. Um, but I think Christian Watson on his slant route was open. And I think if you hit that, it's probably a, let's see, about a seven-yard gain, roughly, if I had to guess, assuming he's, there's no catch and run and he just goes down right away. And it just seems like he goes through his progression really fast. So if I'm looking at Jordan Love, he starts to the left. So he's going to motion the running back to his side. He looks immediately to his left, but, I mean, he looks to his left I mean, that, that, there's no way that that was an intentional, like, actually read. It's, it has to have been, like, to try to move somebody because he comes off of that basically as soon as the tight ends come out of their stance. So he comes off of that, then he looks middle of the field. By the time he comes off of the middle of the field, which would be Christian Watson, Watson has taken two steps and hasn't come out of his break yet, and the ball's already out to Emmanuel Wilson. It's like... It's hard to call it predetermined for Wilson because it's like his third read and it's 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 the checkdown, but it's like I mean he is he must just be panicked about the offensive line and he's got a perfectly clean pocket right now. There's no problem here, but it's like he looks at the tight ends. He comes off of it in point one second. He looks to the middle of the field before Watson comes out of his break, and you could probably look at it and say if he comes out of his break, we might have a shot here. I want to at least see how it looks when he comes out, but nope, comes off it, 
immediate dump off. Now there's a decent amount of green grass, but the guy covering Watson and the guy covering Dobbs down the sideline immediately break toward him, so he's only able to pick up four yards. And maybe that's sort of an inexperienced thing where you look and see the green grass and think, oh man, he's going to get a first down, and that's not the case at all. But, I mean, it clearly wasn't designed to just be one route to the checkdown, and four guys are just running decoy routes. But that's the only guy Jordan Love even looked at, essentially, was Emmanuel Wilson. So, all right, now it is um, second and six from the 32-yard line. Jordan's in shotgun, running back behind him. Again, it's 12, uh, yeah, 12 personnel, two tight ends to the right, this time two wide receivers to the left. So, same formation, just reversed. It is a handoff to Emmanuel Wilson, who picks up five yards. He is—he reminds me of Aaron Jones in 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 like his quickness. I'm not going to call him Aaron Jones, but you know what I mean. Like he's just lightning to and through the hole, and a pretty good job by Emmanuel Wilson to maximize that because essentially Rasheed Walker kind of blew this. Um, we're trying to create a, a a gap between essentially Josh Myers and Rasheed Walker with Elton Jenkins getting up to the next level. And if you if you freeze frame it early enough, it actually looks pretty solid. Um, the problem is everything flows to the right. Rashid Walker's job is to get the flow to stop on his side. So as long as everybody to the right is flowing to the right and everybody to the left is stopped, then we've got a giant gap here. And Elton Jenkins is squared up with the guy in front of him. Everything looks like it's going to be great. Um, the problem is the guy Josh Myers is blocking stops the flow to the right and Rashid Walker does not stop. And so there's really not much of a gap there. So he just cuts back behind Rashid Walker, really smart move. Um, and so the, the defender that Rashid Walker's blocking, actually now Rashid's just like, fine, you want to go this way? Let's go this way. He's not able to come back around. And really the only reason Rashid Walker didn't just break a big one is because the guy coming off the edge was able to catch him from behind, but catches him from behind and kind of launches, lurches forward and uh, picks up five yards on, again, another pretty botched block, but really great vision by him to be able to... Uh, get up and down fast. He the, the extremely fast cut. You know, that's the other thing. Like, I'm, I'm going to cut, but you got to keep that speed because every yard matters, man. I mean, the difference between like a three-yard run and a five-yard run is massive. So that brings up third and one after a timeout. Packers are again in 12 personnel. This time you have a tight end to either side of the formation. You've got, I think, Watson and Dobbs maybe that are tight to the left side. We're going to run the ball to Aaron Jones, who's going to pick up six yards on third and one. This was a pitch to the outside that everybody was mad about because we had what seemed to be a first down, although there's obviously no way to know if it would have been a first down because we called timeout and the defense stopped playing. But either way, uh, we got the running back that should have been out there on a critical third and one. We pitched to the outside, which again, if this fails, imagine how mad everybody would be. Not only because we what people assumed got the first down, but then we tried these pitch plays, which a lot of stuff to the outside is not working. But this man's name is Aaron Jones, so where everybody else on this team guaranteed Dylan gets blown up behind the line on this play. I don't mean to just be rude to Dylan, but I'm just saying Aaron Jones barely got to the outside. He is really good at getting around the outside. That's like when he came here as a rookie, that's all he did. He bounced everything to the outside and got big yardage, and I'm like, that's not sustainable. But it was. He just kept doing it, and he's very good at it. So this play almost got blown up a couple times. The first problem is Christian Watson. Um, he's trying to down block on the end, which usually you don't care too much because we're going, it's it's a pitch backwards and to the outside. So you assume as long as he doesn't have a free rush, it's fine. Part of the problem though is Luke Musgrave is coming so flat across the formation to block. He's kind of like getting in Christian Watson's way. So he's not able to fully, you know, engage with him, at least from the front. So he has to kind of come in flat underneath Musgrave, who again, really should not be cutting that close to barely just get a shoulder on him. He's pushing as hard as he can, but the guy's just getting straight up the field. So Aaron Jones has to kind of widen this out and go backwards, which is usually a terrible thing. 
And then we see the classic. I mean, Josh Myers trying to get to the next level, just chasing a guy from behind. He can't do it. Rasheed Walker trying to get up to the next level. He's chasing somebody from the behind. He can't get there either. It's just a disaster. Fortunately, Musgrave does a good job. He gets to the outside and kind of walls off the guy that that, uh, Rasheed Walker was supposed to be blocking. And uh, the guy that Josh Myers is supposed to be blocking doesn't quite have the speed and actually kind of the other defender gets in his way. So he's able to just get around the corner, turn it up the field, and uh, who is that? Romeo Dobbs had his guy blocked, able to get a first down. I mean, it was just it was just disaster mitigation as all this is. Um, I want to see Myers and Rashid again just to see if this is just terrible play or if... Uh, yeah, so Myers had a good angle, but as soon as we motioned Musgrave to the left side, the linebacker then shifted along with him. So now Myers, again, is kind of heads up with the linebacker. Rashid Walker has him, like, shaded off to his left side. And you got to understand, like, they have to get to the left of them to wall them off. So again, these are kind of just, I don't want to say impossible. And I'm sure if you just take better angles, you can make this work. But you've got Josh Myers with a guy, like, his his foot is maybe down the middle of Josh Myers. So that's how much, like, a half a body length to the side that Josh Myers is trying to get to. Rashid Walker is a full body length. Like, their feet are kind of lined up. Now, Rashid, I think, does a perfect job, I mean, in terms of, like, doing the best he can, because he just gets straight to the sideline. He's not running forward. He's running completely laterally. He just doesn't have the speed to get there. And, he's, you know, there's you got to understand there's traffic, too. Same for Josh Myers. Um, Josh Myers eventually, like, they both just sprint to the sideline. There's no chance, though. So, I don't, I mean, I would love to see another team execute this. Just to see, like, is is it just a lack of, like, is, is there some fundamental execution thing? Is it maybe the guys next to you are, are getting in the way? Um, I, I, do, I, like, I would just love to be able to see. Maybe it's just a straight-up speed thing, and they, they've got faster offensive linemen that can get there. But, I mean, if you just sprint to the sideline as fast as you can, and you can't even get a hand on the linebacker, I mean, what what is the intention of this? And the, the problem with this is we scheme these things this way, and we're just eliminating two of our linemen. I mean, we might as well just take them off the field because they don't touch anybody. That That is just, it's, I, I just, I would love to just see somebody execute it. Coach Hahn, if you're listening, show me, you're the offensive line guy. Show me some some teams. I don't care if it's your high school squad. Send me some videos of guys executing this because I just want to see what it looks like because I've never seen it. I've never seen the Packers execute this and, and it's all they ask him to do. It's all Josh Myers has ever asked to do is to get up to the next level and block a guy that's sprinting to the sideline and he just, there's no way. I mean, even when he has a chance, he can't execute it. But still, it's just, it's such a weird thing. We're constantly asking guys to do impossible things. And then Aaron Jones is basically just trying to outrun three unblocked guys. It's freaking crazy. Like, I don't know. This is, from a schematic standpoint, this is the one thing I don't get. If if for no other reason, then it just never works. So stop doing it. I don't know. I mean, I, I know teams do that. And, and, you know, as far as getting up to the next level, if you're running to the inside, that's fine. But... We're running a lot, or supposedly, we've been running a lot to the inside recently, but supposedly we're supposed to be able to get to the outside. What does that look like? Because this is a team that can't execute that. I I don't know. I don't know. I'll have to start watching some other teams that are really good at running and just see what it looks like. Are they doing something to freeze the linebackers or move them in a more beneficial situation? And that's the other thing. We always run to that side. Why don't we switch it? Everybody's shaded to that side. And I understand we'd, that's probably the strong side, but what happens if you go to the other? I'm sure there's other issues, but at least we'd maybe have an offensive lineman that can get up to the next level, which is maybe why we have these guys shifting to the other side late. So you, you shift the strong side to the other side. Maybe that's the intention of these tight ends constantly shifting like as soon as the ball is snapped. 
I don't know. I'm not sure. That's just, I've, I've been observing this since last year, and it's like, I don't know why we do impossible things and then just think it's going to work. Anyways, it is now first and 10. Get our first big passing play of the day. Similar formation, 12 uh, personnel, tight end to each side. Aaron Jones, I think, in the backfield, I think. And then it looks like Dobbs and somebody. Maybe Watson. I think it's Watson. But DeGuara quickly motions to the right side, settles up to get two tight ends, one tight end on either side, and then DeGuara comes back the other formation. Uh, it is just a quick, basically a screen pass to Romeo Dobbs, who takes it for 14 yards. So just a pretty good job, I guess, by everybody, at least as far as I can tell here. Um, so we've got Christian Watson. I mean, the, the timing on this is perfect because Christian Watson kind of stutter steps a little bit and then engages with the guy in it. I paused it as soon as he locked in, went in with him, and that ball is just out of Jordan's hand. I mean, if, if, if he starts blocking a millisecond sooner, this is technically a penalty. I don't know if they'd call it or not, but um, everybody's going to the right. So again, this is where you got kind of like two plays and you got the offensive line really selling it. We have guys, uh, so it's a play action to Aaron Jones to the left side of the field. You got, I can see John Runyon pulling to that side, trying to get everybody, you're freezing the linebackers um, to that side while at the same time, you've got, um, looks like Zach Tom is leaking out. And uh, I don't know, we'll call it Runyon is leaking out. So Christian's got a good block. Uh, somebody does come unblocked, but Romeo's fast enough to get away from him. Zach Tom comes in and blocks the other guy to the outside, creating a lane there, so that was perfect. Uh, looks like Runyon is not able to get his hands on anybody, so that's a little bit unfortunate, but still um, a, a decently executed play. And go figure, it goes for 14 yards. Uh, I mean, it's a good pass, but it's you know not a hard one. It's behind the line of scrimmage. And um, yeah, just really well. Christian Watson, great block. Zach Tom getting out in space and blocking a guy. Um, even got, oh, geez, Josh. That's Josh Myers, not John Runyon. You know, Josh, I'm trying to be fair to you, dog. <laughs> he, so, okay. So let's follow Josh Myers here. He he kind of gets a little chip block. He gets out and he identifies. So now, now he's in position, right? Finally, he is uh, uh, several steps in front of the linebacker. Gotcha. Gotcha, B word. Now what? Now what? So what does he do? He kind of like squares up with him, but I, I just he he doesn't he doesn't even touch the guy. Like I think he anticipates like the the guy. He doesn't understand the place. I don't know. I mean, it's hard to know where the play is going, but he's kind of like trying to stop him from coming toward him. And because it's a fourteen yard gain, he ends up like going past Josh Myers. And so Josh Myers like just run into the guy and push him. You know the direction is to the sideline. Just get there and push him and wall him off so he can't get to the sideline. It doesn't have to be in, in any direction, north or south. You finally got the guy lined up. You didn't put a single finger on the freaking guy, and he's the one that makes the tackle. I mean, that could have even been a bigger play. Essentially, it's mano y mano with Romeo Dobbs in a safety if he doesn't get caught from behind. Maybe he doesn't get much yards if the safety's able to get him, but if he can stiff arm that safety down into the ground, guess what? That screen just went for a touchdown. If he could just break one tackle, that's a touchdown. But we won't know because Josh Myers doesn't put a hand on a guy that he finally gets out in front of. So frustrating. Hate to complain about a 14-yard gain, but it's still like... I mean, you, you had an easy job this time, Josh, and you couldn't do it, so that's crazy. But all right, first and 10. Looks like 12 personnel again, two tight ends to the left. Wide receivers on either side with Watson motioning over to the left. We've got a handoff or a pitch, actually, to A.J. Dillon, 
who I was a little unfair to saying he could never get to the outside. He just did on that one. Um, he got to the outside and made a man, I mean, outran a guy, I guess you'd say. And this is the play that many of us have seen on, on social media where Elton Jenkins just doesn't get a finger on the guy. Didn't I already highlight that play? Is this the second play? Oh, no, that's Rasheed Walker, I think. I was going to say, wait a minute, we already did that play where Elton Jenkins didn't get a finger on him. Is, no, that's it's Rasheed Walker that doesn't get a finger. And, and again, it's the same thing that happens every... And I guess it's fine because Dylan had the speed to, to get away from him. But again, the, the way that this works for a lot of guys is when you're blocking to the left, the, the offensive line shifts to the left and you want to be to the left of that guy. So you're positioning yourself to the left. Well, what he's going to do is he's just going to run around you behind you and try to make a play. And that's what he does. So Rashid is, is running to the left really fast. His momentum is going that way. And the defender's like, all right, I'll just go around behind you and try to make a play. So I, I guess the the idea if they do that is you got to at least get enough of a hand on him because it's going to be a tough play to try to make. And it does cause A.J. Dillon to have to widen out a little bit, but he isn't able to get there. So it works in the end, right? If you're going to take a gamble as a defensive lineman to try to go around behind, you got to have the speed to pull it off, and he didn't. Um but otherwise, I mean, we'll we'll highlight some of the blocking here. Let me go back because it's unusual to see that much grass, especially on a play to the outside. These are the ones that usually get blown up for a one-yard loss. This time we just asked Josh Myers to get the guy in front of him, and he does a great job uh, just walling him off. We want Elton Jenkins getting up to the next level. He's able to do it. And again, these plays make more sense to me. Elton Jenkins is to the linebacker's left. He's able, and, and the linebacker didn't just tee off necessarily, but Elton Jenkins is able to get up to the next level, something I almost never see. But he did it. This, to me, makes more sense, and it works. Uh, again, Rashid Walker completely whiffed, but you got Tucker Craft and Luke Musgrave, and man, they are blocking like crazy down the field. I mean, you got Tucker Craft with his, he's at about a 45-degree angle <laughs> blocking an edge rusher, and he's just got him sealed off. I mean, this is beautiful from the tight ends, um, including Luke Musgrave. I mean, he's kind of losing him a little bit, but he's pushing him straight down the field. Like, he's losing him to the inside, but as he gets to the inside, he's, he's continuing to push him down the field. That's just a great job. And Christian Watson, same thing. I mean, we're talking like his feet are straight back, not quite a 45-degree angle, but he is he is low. He's got his hands inside the shoulders, blocking to the outside. Um, and essentially, again, one, once you get to the safeties, you got a safety coming downhill. A.J. Dillon just takes him on, pops the guy into next week. And that's just a well-blocked play by, I mean, and it's, it's not even necessarily bad by Rashid Walker. You know, it's, it sucks to see a guy come unblocked like that, and he probably does need to try to maybe not go so hard and so crazy to the inside that you can't stop that. But, um, you know, I mean, the guy tried to swim inside and, and take advantage of what you're doing, but it didn't work. So, um, I mean, kind of across the board. And, you know, here's the thing. Again, every time you look at when everybody just kind of does their job, look how big these plays are. We had a 14-yard play, and everybody—I mean, nobody did anything miraculous. They just—they just executed it properly. This is a play where we had tight end, I mean, and and you know that's even maybe above and beyond when you got tight ends blocking edge rushers. But if you do your job, look how good things are. The the problem for me comes in when people do their job, but the play just sucks, and there's nothing to be done. Like yeah, we blocked, and then we didn't get any yard, or we ran all the right routes, but nobody was open, so I just checked it down, and then he got blown up. Like that's when you really got to worry. But this offense is like, if everybody just kind of does what they're being asked to do, these are big games. Like, we're just flying down the field. All right, next play. Uh, looks like 11 personnel, Dylan in the backfield, shotgun, tight end is tight to the left. Looks like that's Musgrave, not positive though, just an assumption. 
And then we got the uh, number one trio out there, Reed, Watson, Dobbs. Going to quick motion uh, Jaden Reed to the outside. He's just going to sprint to the outside. It's a play action, and then uh, Jordan is going to scramble for two yards. I want to kind of back this up here. I don't think I've ever seen this before. Bro, we have offensive linemen pulling on a pass play. I'm so confused. <laughs> I've, I've never seen that before. Josh Myers pulls and blocks off the left side on a passing play. And again, the only thing I can assume is we're really trying to sell the run. I mean, th this is, I, I really do like this. I mean, we're, we are selling so hard. I mean, you want to talk about creative play calling, and maybe this team isn't good enough to be this, this level, this high level or whatever, but we are running a play action play with an offensive lineman pulling, and it's a passing play. The first immediate issue I see is that we have a free rusher coming, and I mean, the blocking assignments look perfect. Dylan is supposed to pick up the free rusher. It looks like on the, um, the play action, the fake handoff exchange, maybe Jordan and Dylan's feet got tangled, so Dylan is on the ground when he's supposed to be picking this up. Um, so he can barely stand up and get a hand on him. Jordan's got to immediately jump up. And, um, I mean, everybody is completely covered, so there's nowhere to throw it anyways. So he just takes off and runs and picks up two yards. So, I mean, that's, that's Jordan doing the best possible job he could. That is one of the few times I've seen. Um, as I said, there were a couple in that Raiders game too, where everybody's just completely covered. So this play was never really going anywhere, but, um, yeah, hopefully maybe could have been a little bit better if Dylan could have blocked a little bit, but just, I'm, I'm just more amazed at, uh, <laughs> the pulling offensive lineman on a passing play. That's, that's interesting. I mean, it, it was fine. It worked aside from Dylan getting tripped and falling and not being able to block. Anyways, that's going to bring up a third and one. We are in 22 personnel. Looks like Sims and Musgrave are on either side of the line. We've got DeGuara as the fullback and Aaron Jones as the running back with the lone receiver being, I don't know, looks like Dobbs perhaps. Essentially, uh, Aaron Jones releases into the flat, gets him open, good throw, good catch, and uh, picks up three yards on a third and one. So, good play, good execution, first down. All right, first and 10 from the Denver 31-yard line. This time we're in 21 personnel. Again, we have DeGuara as the fullback. It looks like Dylan is the running back. Can't see who's off the end there as the tight end. But we have Wicks and Dobbs to the right side as the receivers. And this is the end around to Dentavian Wick that goes for one yard. So again, I, I really like the the level of misdirection here. So immediately at the snap, we have Josiah DeGuara and AJ Dillon moving to the right. DeGuara is moving to the right as though he's blocking. The play is to the right. Jordan goes to handoff. But you have Josiah DeGuara move to the right and then double back behind Aaron Jones and go out to the other side. And the linebackers do bite on it, at least initially. One of them gets stuck, one of them kind of recognizes it and doubles back really quickly. The play design seems to essentially work. We leave one guy unblocked off of the end, which is always scary, but it works because he, he crashes down and we're able to loop around behind him, which is great because if you can render one guy useless, now we've got an extra blocker somewhere. So uh, theoretically, this should work very well. But we have two major problems, and that is our tight ends. Um, Josiah DeGuara comes across the formation, needs to take a guy out, completely whiffs. And then Luke Musgrave loses his block. If those two guys could block, this play is is going. I mean, it's just, it's going. In fact, if just Musgrave could do it, because even though um, it looks like Josiah completely whiffed, I mean, if, if there just wasn't a guy crashing down, well, maybe not. I don't know. But yeah, I mean, it was, that was, that was the failure. Josiah DeGuara completely whiffed on a block and Luke Musgrave lost his block. And so he just got, just got beat. Again, it's just, I mean, I know it sounds intuitive, like, well, duh, if everybody executes, it's going to work. But that's the bottom line. Like, if, if, if 
Musgrave and Deguara block. And by Deguara blocking, I mean, if he could just stand in the guy's way. I mean, he dove at him and just missed. I mean, it was freaking embarrassing. And Musgrave had the guy blocked for a little while, but lost it. And he just came flying in. And because, you know, Deguara wasn't able to push to the sideline to kind of widen out that gap, because that's all we're trying to do is kind of widen out these gaps. You know, the defender was able to close, and then you had guys coming from the other direction able to close, and it just got blown up. So again, you look at it and say that play was stupid. I mean, again, if, if there's two guys, if they just block, this is a huge play. It doesn't matter if it's Wicks or Reed or Watson. It doesn't matter who's running it. If it's not blocked, there's, there's no gain. If it's blocked, it's a big gain. So that brings up second and nine. We're almost, we're almost through this. A couple more plays to go. Second and nine. Shotgun formation. Believe it's 11 personnel. Kind of looks like 12, but I think that's just read in kind of tight. Maybe you still call it 12. I don't know. It doesn't matter. You get the idea. Watson and Dobbs to the outside. Watson coming across the formation in motion at the snap. Dylan's going to run it. Pretty big run up the middle. Going to pick up six yards on second and nine. Well, it says five yards. Five yards on second and nine. So first thing off the bat that I notice, again, Josh Myers with the guy in front of him, just completely, I mean, perfect block. Like, lifts him off the ground and walls him off. Freaking beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. I mean, again, not not that it's every time, but when I've seen him just go mano y mano, I mean, this is one of the better run blocks I've, I've seen, just period, from any Packers player at any time this year or any other year. I mean, this this is just a complete domination of a human being it's absolutely embarrassing and then from the other side it just looks beautiful too because we got one two three four five guys just coming like a freight train and again you got Rashid, you got uh, Jaden reed trying to block he's not doing much josh myers is taking out two guys like he's he's got one guy who's not even looking the right way he's pushing him from behind into another guy just and just embarrassing this poor man and then we just have an absolute freight train of human beings coming through this giant hole that's been created. Uh, Rashid Walker is sort of doing a good job decimating a guy. Elton Jenkins is temporarily helping. He's looking up the field. You've got um, Runyon came in and took out a guy. The issue I see is that Dylan ran the wrong way. Um, I mean, it's I guess it's fine, but it looks like these guys are trying to kind of go off to the left a little bit. I mean, that's where... Uh, well, whatever. I mean, if you'd have followed Zach Tom, it could have been a bigger play. But either way, I mean, it was just an absolute freight train that was just beautiful to watch. I mean, I got I got tears here. I'm fighting back. Josh Myers, dude, man, I'm 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 falling in love with that. Oh my goodness. And yeah, I think Dylan had a couple better options. Um, but but again, I don't mind this because again, I I don't mind if you want to plow into a defender that's being blocked. Again, he's going to be able to wrap you up, but it's going to be you and your blocker pushing against that defender. So you're not only going to be able to pick up as many yards as you got, but you're going to be able to push forward. Again, I think if he jumps to the right or to the left, he had some options. Um, but I, I just, I'm so in love with this whole thing and how well it was blocked and everything. I'm just, I'm not even mad about it. I wish that we could see that all the time. I wish I could bottle that play up for Josh Myers and just put it on a shelf somewhere and just look at it. Every time I get annoyed with Josh Myers, I'm just going to watch that play. Anyways, that brings up third and four, and this is the uh, beautiful Rashid Walker false start. By the way, this is also, I noticed this in-game and I forgot about it. This is a really good play from Josh Myers also. And the reason I say that, because if you look at it, the ball went sailing and Jordan had to like go chase it and it looked like it was a disaster and it almost was a... Josh Myers saw the defense jump off sides and he snapped it. He was trying to get that free play. That's one of those things that Aaron Rodgers had built into his head. He saw a defender jump across the line, boom, snapped it instant if Rashid hadn't moved but I mean the defender only moved because Rashid moved but still 
I saw that and I was like, ah, Josh, you crafty little jerk. <laughs> I mean, it, it wouldn't have mattered anyways because Jordan wasn't ready for it. It just kind of sailed past him. But I'm just saying, that's one of those things they can work on and go see that and be like, hey, be ready because I'm going to snap it if I see somebody jump to get that free play. Just letting you know. Anyways, that brings up the uh, final play here, aside from the field goal that is missed, and that is third and nine. But we've got uh, Jordan Love, shotgun, five wide receivers. Pretty self-explanatory. And this one does look like it it, it was actually just designed to be sort of like an inside screen kind of thing. Um, it wasn't, so we didn't really have five guys running. It was, this was designed to go to one guy. Um, and that was Jaden Reed. So... Again, it's kind of, this is, I, I got to watch this a couple times because this design is interesting. It's weird to see like an inside, it's, it's, it, Jaden Reed's running a slant, just so we're clear on that. He's to the right, he runs a slant, but the play design is actually to have offensive linemen down the field blocking on a slant, which is an extremely dangerous play because you get your offensive lineman downfield before the ball is thrown, then that's a penalty ineligible man downfield so i don't know how they were able to pull this off because we have offensive linemen so freaking far down the field um but again it's just it's just looks like poor um execution on the blocking so we have first of all and it's kind of a nice i mean they give you plenty of space christian watson's gonna run out he's to Jaden reed's left he's gonna run out kind of create a little bit of separation trying to get a little bit of push and also getting ready to block as the guys come in. Um, I mean, the the design of it, I mean, everybody knows what their assignment is, which is cool. Uh, because Christian Watson's going to let a guy go right past him, but that's not his guy. That's John Runyon. John Runyon gets up and he completely whiffs on that block. Fortunately, Jaden Reed's too fast and that has no effect. The bad news is, though, the only other guy that's out there, Elton Jenkins was supposed to block and he doesn't. And in fact, this isn't even down the field. I mean, Elton Jenkins is is covering this guy on the line of scrimmage, and he just comes off and just tackles Jaden Reed. So, I mean, you know, this is one of those things, again, I think Matt LaFleur dug deep into his bag. I mean, this is such a unique play. I've never seen anything like this before. It's a slant with offensive linemen blocking downfield. Again, on paper, everything works. If you get a block there from uh, John Runyon, and a block from Elton Jenkins. He has got green grass all the way to almost the 15-yard line. I mean, these guys are going to come crashing down, but he's still got a guy out there blocking. I don't know who that is. There's a tight end running down the field to continue to block. I mean, this is this is this is a first down, but we only pick up five because again, Elton Jenkins doesn't block the guy he's supposed to block, and um, that's that's about it, I guess. So very creative. I, I I like that we're doing cool stuff. It's just we can't do basic stuff. So. I don't know. But uh, Denver Broncos call a timeout, followed by the Packers calling a timeout, followed by Anders Carlson missing a 43-yard field goal. And ultimately, that will bring us to, um, well, almost bring us to halftime. We only had 41 seconds left, which is enough time for them to fly down the field and kick a field goal, obviously, which brought it to 9 nothing, And uh, that is how the half ended. So anyways, tomorrow we will cover the second half. Summary of this game so far, I mean, to be honest, I mean, Jordan hasn't been good, but this isn't as bad as the Raiders game. This is more just, I mean, it's kind of like Matt LaFleur even said, there, there's just always one guy not doing the right thing, and that's what's causing the problems. It's a missed block. It's, you know, not going through your progressions, not seeing the open guy, the first down, whatever. There's just always that one thing that just doesn't. And and honestly, this just comes down to, and, and again, this is part of maybe what happens with younger teams, I guess. 
but you kind of look to that sort of Bill Belichick model of just discipline. It's not necessarily that they're the most talented, but they're going to make the least amount of mistake. And the Packers are the opposite of that right now. They're just kind of flying around. They're like kindergartners, you know, and you try to get them to do something like march in a single file line and they're running around flailing their arms like, nope, hands at your side. I want you to swing your arms and I want you to step in unison. No, I didn't say squawk like a chicken, Timothy. All right, we're not squawking. We're marching silently, swinging our arms. Not like that. Not like a windmill. Jonathan, not doing windmills today, okay? That's, that's what it feels like watching this team. But there, there is a lot I like, to be completely honest. There, there is a lot that I like. It's just got to be executed better. And we might need new people to do that. We'll see. We'll see as things progress. I, I, I just, again, I will say, though, this is, this is a much more fun offense than I remember it ever being. I mean, in terms of just, you know, formations and play designs and stuff like that, they're doing stuff I've never seen before. And I really like it. I just wish it was like, you know, maybe with a couple different players or something or guys that just did their job. I don't know, whatever. Figure it out. But uh, you guys have a good rest of your day. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.